You're listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. I'm the CEO and co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions, a law firm located in Edison, New Jersey. I've been practicing exclusively divorce and family law for the past 16 years. Everyone has a story. I interview them. Wake Up Call is an opportunity for you to hear inspiring stories from people who are making hard decisions, overcoming their fears, and living their most authentic life. Everybody, you are here for an episode of Wake Up Call, the podcast, and I am your host, Christina Previtt. Joining me today is Camille Deans. She is the founder of Red Lips for Change, and I'd like to introduce you by reading what I think is your mission statement that I got online, and I know you were making some changes to it, but I felt like it was a really good description of what Red Lips does. Okay. So we're going to start out with that. Red Lips for Change is a nonprofit organization centered on creating a holistic, supportive atmosphere for all women. Our aim is to empower and remind women of their beauty and strength, especially those who have lost or forgotten their worth. The organization utilizes wellness strength-based workshops as a primary tool to encourage women to improve their lifestyle choices, thereby facilitating meaningful change. Red Lips for Change believes that this type of wellness support is critical to assisting women towards the realization and actualization that through the practice of self-care and acknowledgement of her abilities, she can be healthier and of better service to others. Yep, that is correct. I love that. That is so powerful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, We're just here trying to empower and do the work one woman at a time. Another beautiful statement. Did you write this? Um, I did. I did. Most of the content on the website I wrote, um, I got some assistance from one of my friends and she came through and helped me where I needed to put a little more volume in what we do. So, yeah. And did you revise it recently or is this the updated version? So um, that is our overall aim, what we do. So the mission is Red Lips for Change takes a holistic approach in empowering women by reminding them that they're beautiful by boosting self-esteem, confidence, and empowerment. Therefore, as such, our overarching mission is to create a space that promotes awareness and wellness services for women to improve their psychosocial mental, emotional, and social health while seeking to fulfill and increase the meaning of their lives. So that is our direct mission. Isn't that what we all need? Yes, 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 yes. I know I focus on women in the underserved population, but I can tell you that we all need these. Like this is something that we can all benefit from. And I try to like, this is something I want to do with my friends. Just have like a wellness day for us. Just a day where we can do our empowerment exercise, 
we can just let our shoulders down, just remind my friends that they're doing great. They're beautiful. Just empower them. So that's something that I want to do. And I said I wanted to do it before the new year, but maybe early in the year. Yeah, it's it's interesting because women, I think, can either be an incredible source of encouragement and support for each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the opposite, it just depends on the context and how you approach it. But I think we all have this voice in our heads that tell us what we're not doing right. Right, right, like, right, right, right. Oh, you need to do this more. You need to be more that. You need to be more whatever. You need to be thinner. You need to be better looking. You need to have more money in the bank. You need to have a better job. You need to, you know, have You're not all meeting these- your goals. You're not doing right. this. You're not doing that. And we can be very hard on ourselves as well. So just, and, you know, when you said that as women, we sometimes need to hear that from another woman. Mm. It's there's something about a woman giving you a compliment that's yes. different from a man giving you a compliment. Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. And mm-hmm. it could be someone, you know, that you've known forever, or it could be someone you don't know. And sometimes when I'm out in my travels and I see a woman and I think, gosh, she's so pretty, or I love that outfit or whatever it is. I think to myself, well, why don't I tell her? That? Just tell her. I try to practice that as well. Just be like, oh, I love your shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't know what kind of day that person's having. That is correct. You don't know what they're dealing with. There could be Mm -hmm. some trauma they've experienced recently, or maybe they have a sick family member, or maybe they are sick. That is correct. You could make their day. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, so just think about telling someone that how they look just a simple compliment and then going deeper into that helping these women you know from a self-awareness perspective yeah helping them to move from one space to the next because sometimes we don't even know what we want or how do we get what we want so you know that's something that my organization does just helping women from where they are to where they want to be. So can you give an example? What, what is a typical client for red lips? So red lips, we are, we we want to work with women who are in the underserved population through organizations So we're not choosing these women individually, but we choose them through shelters and through organizations that support women. For example, supportive housing, shelters, group homes, wherever there are women who are broken. So that's our clientele. What we do is we do workshops with these women. And so far, I've only done group workshops. So we have, we have like a schedule, what we're coming in, what we're doing. And we do a lot of exercises. Because I, working with women in this population, I realized that it's not easy for them to just come out and speak and tell you, oh, I need help here or there. And sometimes they, they're like, you know, 
I don't need to take care of myself because I'm taking care of my kids and that's enough gratification for me. So what these exercises does is we show them what taking care of yourself looks like. And, you know, a lot of times they misunderstand what taking care of yourself looks like. And they think that taking care of yourself is spending money, but it's not. Because sleeping, resting is taking care of yourself. Taking a bath is taking care of yourself. Alone time. And we as parents, mothers, we underestimate alone time. Like time to rejuvenate. We need that. So it's just like them showing them that it's not about giving, 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 but it's about slowing down and regrouping, rejuvenating so that I can give more. Give yourself permission to have some time for yourself. Yes. Yes. I feel like in today's society, it's so underrated. Yeah, Because we want to go, 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 achieve, achieve, do this, do this. But you're not taking the time to slow down. It's true, especially in this Northeast area, because you're in the Bronx, right? Yes. So I think, you know, a lot of my audience is in New Jersey. So I think us up in this Northeast area, we're just all crazy. Everybody (laughs) is always in a hurry and... Mm -hmm. We're just, we're not even, I think, sometimes really connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, have you been to other states, little towns where you're driving down the road and people are just waving at you? They're saying you're like, hi. I don't know them. I feel <laughs> like they're I all waving. Her because I'm so taken aback. Yeah. So they're like, hi, how are you? Good morning. And I'm just like, nothing. <laughs> Yeah. You're like, what, what does he want? He's trying going to sell me something. He right. wants something. Right. And then you yeah, realize, no, oh, they're but just friendly. It's different. Yeah. I feel like here, it, that is the importance of doing this work here, this wellness work, because it's such a hustle and bustle and nobody's slowing down. Yeah. It's, yeah. So yeah, maybe true. the work would not be as needed in a small town because they're slowing down. There's a slower pace. But here I feel like, yeah, it's needed. Absolutely. And I think women, especially were busy, always taking care of everyone else that we don't ever put ourselves first, unless you really make an effort and prioritize that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to feel guilty to prioritize Mm -hmm. that either. Absolutely not. No, nobody should take, feel guilty about that. And there's that saying, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Yes before you put it on others Mm -hmm. but as women we put it on our kids first yes yes before we put it on ourselves but there can be guilt for that I think a lot of people have that mom guilt or woman guilt whatever you want to call it It, then that is true that is so true because when I do this work with women I'm telling you their first thing is to say I don't need to because I take care of my kids. So it's not a necessity for them. Well, they deserve it. Do do you find that a lot of them deep down, because they've been through a lot of different things, do you think sometimes they feel like they don't deserve it? 
Yeah. Yep. I do. I really do. And it's just like trying to help them to rethink, to reprogram, to see that, you know, you do need to take care of themselves. And one of the questions that I ask every single workshop is, when was the last time you did something for yourself? And I ask in a circle, I, I need to know when was the last time you did something for yourself? And people are like, dumbfounded. They're like, what do you mean? They're like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And then when I show them what taking care of yourself looks like, you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah. It felt so good. And when, when they realized that they did that, let's say they realized that, oh, last week I had to, you know, sleep in and they're like, it felt so good. And I'm like, yeah, that's what it looks like. And that's how it feels. It's going to feel good. You know, I think this is something that all women can learn. It's not just women in a shelter or a group home. It's anybody, all of us, you, me, you know, a CEO of a company. So um, th- I think that's definitely something I hear that a lot of women talk about that they struggle with. Tell us about the name though. Where did Red okay, Lips so, come from? So Red Lips for change. Um, so I used to work in a supportive housing and I always wear my lipsticks, red, purple, whatever color. And the woman, they would come up to me and they would be like, oh, Camille, what lipstick is that? I love it. Give me some. Blah, blah. I, wa- I want to try that. And, you know, I spoke to one of my coworkers and I was telling him that this is something I want to do. I feel like I want to empower women through lipsticks. And then he was like, red lips. So I'm just like, hmm, red lips for change. Maybe, maybe red lips. So it was that easy because I'm always wearing my red lips and he, it's he's always telling you calling me red lips. So I love it. It's original yeah. and I love your logo. So for anybody who's watching, you can see that in the background, but if you're listening on the podcast, it's yeah. awesome. It's <laughs> did who designed that? Did you design that? Or did you have someone else do that? No, one of my best friends, she's a graphic designer. So it was easy. I, I, I told her, I said, I need either a lipstick in the logo or a lip or something. So she just like did some doodles and she came up with this. And of course you are wearing bright red lipstick today. Yes. I love it. It looks good. I don't think I can pull Thank it you. off. Thank you. <laughs> so tell me more about what was the seedling for you to start this? Because it's one thing to think about ways that we can help the community, but it's another thing to actually start a business that's focused okay. on that. Yeah. So, um, so after I, you know, we spoke about that and I said to him, you know, when I have this little talk with these women because they were, because this supportive housing supported women who came out of a shelter. So, you know, when we sat there and we spoke about the lipstick and I said, yeah, you know, I saw how they felt. I saw how this small conversation turned into something where, you know, they felt good inside. So I said, you know, I want to 
empower women. And I also did a master's in public administration. So I did a lot of nonprofits and small organizations. So I said to myself, this is something that I can do. I can start my own organization and I can see how it goes. So I started to do the research and see how, who could benefit from this. And I said, you know, I have a lot of people in my community that they don't know how good they look. Just to, so I started out literally by saying, I want to remind women how beautiful they are. So as you can see, it says, red lips for change, woman, you are beautiful. Just to remind women that they are beautiful. And then in doing that, I said, hmm, I might have to go deeper. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be a certified wellness coach so I can have the resources. So I'm not just telling you something that I don't know anything about. I need to have the background, the research, the skill set. So then I can pour into women and helping them to get through their goals, to just be more functioning. So, you know, one thing from just literally using a lipstick to give a woman to say you're beautiful, to remind you that you're beautiful. Then I said, this needs more substance. So I put that substance in it. And then I said, you know what? I could do these workshops. So it's just from one thing and you're realizing that I need something else because there is a need one that I have to learn how I'm going to advise this population. So it's just one thing, getting your education together, just getting everything coming together one step, the next step, and getting help from my friends as well. I want to go into what kind of work you've done before that led to this, but I feel like we should back up a little bit because mm -hmm. from having talked to you before, I know that you um, are an immigrant from Jamaica mm -hmm. and you had talked about immigrating here. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about that? You know, um, you had shared some personal stories when we spoke and I wanted to share those for the audience again, too. Yeah. So, you know, um, just coming here from Jamaica, because Jamaica is a developing country. So coming from a developing country to a developed country, there were so many lessons that I had to learn. So I remember I told you that um, before I started working at the shelter, I did not, I, I said to myself, working with people, mental health is something that I would never do. Yes. Yeah. And because of my experiences, my traumatic experiences in Jamaica with people with mental health, just being on the street. So that is something that was in my head. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know that's something that I cannot do. So I got that job through a temp agency. So I went there without knowing where I'm going. So when I went there, I realized that, oh, so I will be working with people with mental health. So what is this? Is this a test? <laughs> what is going on? Because this is something that I don't want to do. But 
you know, just being thrown in the situation, you know, everything moving fast, I realized, you know what, this isn't so bad. This isn't so bad, honestly. So, you know, working with people with mental health, realizing why they do the things that they do, realizing that this is not something that they're doing on their own, but it is a disease. It's something that you can control. So, you know, just like this entire position changed my mindset. And then I realized that these are people that I can work with. I can help them. I can do this. So, you know, just coming here, uh, getting a whole different set of experiences from what I had back home, it's just something that put me on my way that I needed to go. So, but at that moment, you could have said, this is not for me. I don't want to work here. You didn't have to do it, but you but did But the it. thing is, nothing was happening in terms of there were okay people. There but you were had fine. to show up and work there to see that. I had to. I had to. So, so what made like you do I that? I blindsided for a reason. I mean, did you think at the time, you know, maybe I should give this a chance? I did. I did. I did. I said, like something in my mind said to me, maybe this is a test, Camille. Maybe this is a test. Yeah. And I said, you know, I was furious, though, because <laughs> I called the guy and it was just like, you didn't tell me what this was. And he's like, just 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 do it for now, because they're just starting. They need someone, blah, blah. So I was like, OK, fine. But it worked out because it was such a good experience because it was like a melting pot as well because yeah. there were so many different personalities so many different backgrounds so it was just like a reservoir of education there yeah well they say you have to get out of your comfort zone right to grow and to evolve. grow yeah <laughs> and what had you been doing before that before, so before you that i used to work at a media company and i hated it so I you, did. I have a bachelor's in communication. Oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But, so you wanted to do something where you were helping the community, but you didn't want to work with mentally ill people. No. <laughs> okay. So when you, when you envisioned going to work with, you know, not communications, but doing something where you're serving the community, what did you think that was going to be originally? I don't know. I, I feel like it was maybe an office job where, you know, I'm doing a background paperwork. I feel like I didn't know I was going to be thrown in the situation where I'm communicating with people, but I'm a communicator. Like that's what I do. I'm so good at people, like speaking with people, like personalities. So I feel like that was just it. Like I had to do that. Like I'm not a sit behind the desk type of girl. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why I even thought that I was going to do that. Yeah. Well, it seems like it led you to where you are now. I did. It, but I know that working at that media company, I hated it. Really? I did. I was that's... like, I need to do something more meaningful. And that's how I left. And I signed up with this agency and he gave me this opportunity. That's a big difference. It, it is such a big difference. It's such a big difference because, you know, working with, because I've worked with a lot of nonprofits, 
And working with nonprofits, it's so different from working with a corporate organization. So it's yeah. just, you had to make that adjustment. And I'm literally in it because I love it. Because otherwise, it would drive you crazy. Because working for nonprofits, it's just such a different world. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're little- it is. Well, I haven't done it. So my perception of it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that I don't think anybody goes into that field thinking they're going to get rich, right? No, like, no, <laughs> nobody's thinking that. Um, you have I, to want to do the work. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there are some other professions. My Mine, <laughs> for instance, where I, there is a perception that a lot of us are, that we're all rich, that all lawyers are rich and, <laughs> and they're only doing it for the money. Um, but I know because I've been a lawyer for 16 years that that's actually not true. So, um, so you, are you, is your title executive director there? So I am the managing director because I manage all the things. I have a board. I don't have a staff as yet, but that's something that I'm looking into expanding, um, for the coming year. So, you know, I'm trying to get the pieces together. I'm supposed to meet with a marketing person to see how I can, get that structured, get that out there. So hopefully sometime next year, I can have a staff. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And I don't see how, I don't see how you can fail because this is very authentic for you. Yes, yes. And I do want to go back to Jamaica Mm -hmm. and talk about, because you had shared some personal things with me when we spoke prior to this interview about your experience leaving Jamaica and coming to the States. Can we talk about that? Sure. (laughs) So I don't remember exactly what you said, but you, you talked about getting acclimated to life here and how different it was. Yeah. So yeah, that is something that, um, it, it, it is different. It is so different because I feel as if, you know, Jamaica is so small, so cultured. And then you come here and it's like you're thrown into the ocean. So it's like a fight or flight type of situation. So, you know, coming here, I knew that I had to make it somehow. And it's just like so different, honestly, from being in an island to coming into New York city. Yeah. 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 New York is crazy. (laughs) And how old were you? I was 21. Okay. So you were young. Yeah. I was young and I came straight into college. So I had no friends. I had to start over with my life. So it was just juggling. And that's when I did my communication. So I was hell bent on going into communication, doing journalism. And I was like, so hyped about it. But I feel like, you know, it just didn't work out. That's just not what I wanted to do. But I was hyped. That's pretty ballsy. Yeah. So just coming here and having to slow down in terms of what I wanted and realizing that life is totally different once you come here and live here. And just like relearning how to get used to a different 
culture, a different world. New York City is a different world. Well, it's a different world, even if you live in the United States. <laughs> I mean, if you live in Iowa and you go to New York City, that's... I feel like it's a different world. Yeah. It, it totally is. So, you know, just... Le- but you know what? I can say that when I came here, I feel like I had support because I knew people that were here. So, you know, it was... And one of my friends that I met at college, she's still my really, really good friend. And I have to say that, well, I had two friends and they helped me to get acclimated with the culture, to know this, to know that. So it was easier to transition for me. Well, I want to talk about why you decided to go to New York. I mean, what, what was your well, life like? For in a Jamaica? better life. For a better life. Yeah. And my mom came here. So, you know, I came right behind her. So I feel like, you know, just for a better life, because, uh, well, I mean, a lot of people are successful in Jamaica, but, you know, you come here and you say, let me see how much further I can go, how I can thrust myself. But, you know, just for a better life, I should say more opportunities, things well, like that. I haven't been to Jamaica, but I feel like the average American probably thinks of Jamaica as a vacation spot. Yeah, they so, do. They're like, we're always chill out there. You know, people are just like laid back. But I feel like it's different once you live there. Because, you know, I it, it's really nice, but it's really rough as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just like a juxtaposition. Because it's, yeah. it's really nice. I, can, I love going home on vacations. I love, love, love it. But Jamaica is such a rough place. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, just coming here for better opportunities. So you started thinking about coming here. Your mom had already come. Mm -hmm. So it made sense for you to follow suit. But were you, what were you dreaming of when you wanted to come here that like opportunities that maybe didn't exist there? Was it to go to school? School, definitely. School, definitely. Because I came and I went to school and I said, you know, I'm going to do this journalism thing because in Jamaica with journalism it's such a tiny tiny um sector like it's the same people on the tv on the radio for years and years and years for you to get into that then it's just like a needle in a haystack you gotta wait for someone to retire or die Yeah. Why was journalism? No, I mean, I don't mean to laugh, but no, I know. I know. No, I get it. You're right. It's so the truth. Like it's (laughs) the media in Jamaica. It's so tiny. Yeah. I really want to go to Jamaica now. No, you should. It's fun. (laughs) It's really fun. Honestly. Well, that's what I hear. I hear from people that go on vacation. Um, but whenever I go anywhere, you know, especially if it's uh, someplace like beachy, you know, an island where it seems like, oh, it's so beautiful. Why would we should live here? <laughs> you know, why wouldn't anybody want to live here? But you never really know what it's like to, to, to live actually there. live there. And it's just like having a pool in your backyard. Yeah. You barely go in it. Yes. Because where I'm from in Jamaica. I'm right by the beach and you would think I would go to the beach every day, but I didn't. So Mm -hmm. it's just like, 
you have a pool, you never go in this pool. Yeah. Well, I live in New Jersey, so I'm right next to New York City. And I never go. I to very New York rarely City. go. I hardly ever go. It's, it's the same know. thing. Yeah. You barely I... ever, you don't come. Well, I mean, it's hard now with COVID, but and everything, yeah. When the weather's nice in the summer and the spring, I would go. Not, I wouldn't take advantage of it too often, but I would go. I'd go see a Broadway show or something like that. But New York's so big; there's so much rich culture there. I mean, there's so many things to do. Even and just you walk right around. Yeah, and but still, I'm not going because I I'm not on vacation, you know, which I'm doing in finger quotes. So <laughs> we all get you tied into our lives and all the busy things that we have to do because we're all so busy that is true. and um you know that's just how it is that i don't get there very often so right so it's the same thing living yes. in jamaica like you think you're taking advantage of all these things that's there and you don't yeah yeah, yeah. I, I understand that so what did you think you were going to do with journalism did you have dreams of being like barbara walters or you know who did you want to wanted to be like a writer okay yeah like, maybe like a newspaper newspaper person. new york times did you ever do that? Did you write? Did you ever try to do that like as an intern or something? I well, I interned at MTV. Oh, cool. That's I awesome. did. I did. And um they also had a Bronx Journal paper. Mm-hmm. I wrote for the Bronx Journal the entire time I was at school. That's cool. So yeah, I mean, did you enjoy that? Like... Nah, it wasn't floating your boat. No. <laughs> yeah, just it didn't but I do like up. writing and I still like um communications, but maybe on a tiny scale. But then what did you start thinking when you started to realize like I don't think this communications media stuff is really it's not lighting my fire? What did you start thinking that you wanted to do? Well, I knew that I wanted to do something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting at my desk doing these ads, speaking to people, trying to plug their time in for their yeah. ads. And I'm just doing that over and over. I'm just like working with radio stations and I'm working with all these top executives. And I'm just like, what next? Yeah. I want to do this. I felt like a job. Yeah, it was a job. It was a job. And it was okay. It was the perks was nice, you know, but it's I, I just sat there and I feel like something in my brain clicked. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. I don't. Well, good so, that you got out of it. Cause so many people have that experience, but they don't leave because it sort of becomes what they know. So you know how I got out of it? I, I just started looking for a job. And then Um, I got this job as a program assistant with a STEM program. So what that program did was they helped uh, inner city kids to go into programs that Columbia had, NYU had. So they were like a feeder program. And when I did that, it didn't last long because that organization did not work out. So that did not last long, but it gave me a little piece of seeing what I want to do 
because I was really helping these kids and they would come, they would get the help that they need, they would get the support that they need. And I was just like, oh my God, I love this. So, you know, from that job, then I got the temp job and then that was it. I was in the nonprofit world and I did a, a grant writing certificate. So I also drew grant writing and I just did one thing after I did the grant writing certificate. I said, you know, what, let me get a master's. So I got my master's and then I'm like, all right, I do need to do this wellness coaching. So it's just one thing, just like trying to build myself. It sounds like you're helping people that you might've had some things in common with when you were coming to the States. Yes. So I always try to find out what really drives somebody, you know, like, why do they end up doing what they do? I feel like it's an innate purpose and how you feel. Like, I feel like when I help people and when I do this, I just smile on the inside because uh, a lot of people don't have the resources. They don't, they don't have the resources. So connecting them with the resources is like, I think I was also telling you that, you know, the difference between here and Jamaica is that here, there's so many resources. Yeah. So many things, so many programs, so many help that people can get. But the thing about it is they don't know how to. So just connecting people with the resources that they need to go where they need is just like put a smile on my face and I see how they react to that. I think that too, people have different backgrounds and something that I've always been interested in is the cycle of poverty and how it seems to kind of move through generations. And I think a lot of times people may have the desire to, to change that but they don't know how they don't they have they had influence you know what like people can be judgy and they can say oh why don't they just go do that yeah they don't know how to just leave yeah just leave just stop it's like telling a drug addict just stop school (laughs) yes just go to school and yeah yeah that's easy to say it is easy to say But one of the things that I've learned is that uh, your background, your generation, that has a lot to do with the choices you make. And I, I must commend my mom because my mother is a teacher and she's always been someone who has searched for resources. So she's always upgrading herself. She's always making sure she knows what's going on. So I think your background, that has a lot to do with the things that you do. And, you know, a lot of people in New York City that I've come to realize, that I've worked with, that I've seen, they just didn't have that perspective. They don't, like, perspective is a very important thing. And the broader your scope is, the broader your circle is, is the more perspective you have. And I feel like coming here and meeting a lot of people, I was blessed to get different perspectives. And with perspective comes resources. But they don't have that. They don't have that support. 
to give them that scope. So me just helping them to connect to a different perspective, to connect to a different view of things, to connect to resources, that gives me so much gratification. And I think also it's important to help people actually believe that they could improve their lives. Yes. Because they might yes. see it, you know, they and, might and a lot of times else. it's so simple. Yes. They might see someone else that has certain things, you know, whether it's a career or money or, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. they might think, oh, well, I could never have that. But how do you do that? How do you make them believe that they could have those things? Relatability. I feel like when when someone relates to what you're saying, because I'm not going into these shelters, like, mind you, I like to dress up and I like to do my makeup and I like to look with my lipstick and all of that. But behind all of that, I'm just a simple girl from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I've been to shelters because I work with a shelter near me and a lot of Jamaicans are in that shelter. And I feel like when they see me come in, it makes them feel so good just to see somebody that looks like them Mm -hmm. that has the same background as them doing something like this. So it's just like relatability. I can relate to you because such and such and such. So I try to find things that I can relate to them and you don't want to go in there and because you can misconstrue this because you don't want to go in and you you don't want to say things like oh I yeah I was that I was the same I was this I was that Mm -hmm. you don't want to do that you just want to empower from I can relate to you because you know this happened and this helped me to be a better this yeah but I'm not coming in to either judge or I'm not coming in to say, oh, well, that happened to me and look at me. Yeah, I I think sometimes there can be that temptation to kind of mold somebody into maybe what you think they should be or assume that they might want some of the things that you want, Mm -mm. but they don't necessarily do. So it's just like empowering them from them. Yeah. So it's not what I want and you're not here to please me. It's just, what would you like? And if you yeah. don't know what you would like, let's figure it out. What yeah. makes you feel good? I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking of something that happened to me when I was right out of college. I did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up at that point. Well, actually I knew I wanted to work in publishing, but that's a whole other conversation. But I really was at a loss. Like, I don't know where to apply for a job. You know, I don't know what to do. So there was this other young woman, but she was older than me and a little more established in her career. She helped me. And what she did Well, she did my resume. It basically was like hers, not obviously Mm. like she, she changed it so that it reflected what work I actually did, but she applied for jobs that in her profession Mm. She was in manufacturing, which was like so foreign to me and absolutely no interest in it. 
But she, I remember looking back at it. She never asked me what, what you, you do. wanted. Yes. Never. She asked was just me. helping you from her. Yes. She was trying to yeah. make me her. Yes. And, and a lot of times that's, that is why it is important to have a background. So that's why I did the certificate in this wellness, because it tells you that this is not about you. Yeah. It's yeah. not. So I, I'm not coming here to tell you to wear a lipstick either. I'm just telling you how a lipstick makes me feel. Well, what woman doesn't like, you know, or girl, what, who doesn't yeah. like, you know, beauty stuff, right? Like most of us do, not everybody, but a lot they of us do. do. They do. You know, you they see do. something sparkly. Oh, what's that? <laughs> and I think before I was also telling you about my Christmas giveaway, my yes. Christmas give back. Yes, yeah, I was just so, going to ask you about that. Right. So in these beauty, so I gave away 120 beauty gift bags to women in shelters. And in the bags, I had a number of things, feel good things. Like so. What? So every bag, they had a lipstick and a mirror in every bag. So the rest of the bags, they had like uh, face stuff, like face masks, uh, beauty blenders, um, just like body wash, body scrubs, um, hand creams, just any little thing that I know would make a woman feel special. Yeah. So we just filled these bags with a bunch of stuff that we had. Where did so, you, you know, get I it? know stuff like that. What woman for real? Do you just go buy it or did yes, you get I did. I did. I feel like I need a system because I want to go bigger next year. Yeah, I I wrote on Instagram to Lancome, like big brands. Mm-hmm. I also sent a message to JLo, but she has not responded yet. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I saw. So uh, she's from I the Bronx. That too, like reached out to. So this year, I as I said, I have to get some real big sponsorship because I want to go huge this December coming next Christmas, 2021. I want to do, this was 120. I want to do 500. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably something that takes some time. So start it does. Now. It does. <laughs> you have to I feel like you have to do the calling and call up these brands. And as I said before, I think I did call a couple of them and I missed the deadlines. Oh, uh. Right. So I'm about that this year, making sure that I'm on these deadlines, trying to get these lipsticks, these beauty products, because I want to go bigger this year. Well, do a link or something, too. I mean, I'm sure I would donate. My audience, I'm sure, would donate, Mm -hmm. whether they're donating money or who knows if somebody's listening that actually has a connection somewhere with a beauty company let us know. I will. So they, people can always throughout the year donate on my website, just hit the donate button. So throughout the year, redlipsforchange.org, you can always donate through that. Yeah. And, and don't just go through your makeup bag and give us your old 
crust. No, no, no. I need seared <laughs> fangs. Yes. <laughs> Just in case there's they any to, uh, question can, about it. You can buy them and never <laughs> use. As long as they're sealed, I will take them from your house. But it has to be sealed. Okay. So some of the bigger brands, they're not in a package. They're not uh, sealed. Like, I don't know. It's been a while. since Nobody needs lipstick right now because we all have to wear masks we, when we go yeah. out. But <laughs> So um, hopefully by the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You got a year. You got a whole year now. I do have it. a whole year to plan. And you know what I like about this? I, people might initially say, well, don't women in a shelter need so many other things more than they need lipstick. But you talked earlier, it's really about self-care and feeling good about yourself. Right. So the That's lipstick important. is just a beauty tool. It's just a reminder. So we don't focus as much on the lipstick. It's the message that yes. the lipstick brings. It's the reminder that the lipstick brings. So I know that they have all these issues and they couldn't care less about a lipstick, but it's the message that the lipstick brings. It's just when I see this lipstick, I, I'm reminded that I need to take care of myself. I need to rejuvenate so that I can pour from a full jar. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you see for the future of Red Lips? What, what would you love Red Lips to become? What's your vision? So what I would love Red Lips to become is I would love if uh, Red Lips can be in much more organizations having these workshops, um, these wellness workshops, helping women to like stopping them before they go out in the world, putting together uh, what I need now, what I want to do package for them. So I want to be in lots more shelters, lots more organizations, even hospitals, having my workshop, um, empowering women that are there, reminding them that they need to take care of themselves and giving them this wellness coaching to get them to achieve their highest goals. So you've referenced the women's shelters a lot. Is mm -hmm. there, are there other audiences or segments of the population that you would serve as well? Um, hospitals. Because what we don't realize is that there's a lot of programs in hospitals. Even the city hospitals, they have like a lot of classes for drug use. They have um, a lot of classes for pregnant women. So, you know, I see myself in that same atmosphere because wellness is important. Taking care of yourself is important. And with Red Lips, I want to um, stress that we provide self-awareness options that creates healthy alternatives for growth, primarily focusing on the underserved population. But what we want to do is we want to provide those healthy alternatives. We want to say, are you... Uh, like want to introduce you to yoga. Mm -hmm. We want to introduce you to Reiki. We want to introduce you to counseling. We want to introduce you to fitness. 
So what the workshops would incorporate is a yoga person, a fitness person, whatever their need is. So we're introducing you, we're helping you, we're letting you see that meditation is important. So we're bringing in someone who is going to help you to meditate so that you can be clear about your goals. So, you know, wellness from a alternative point of view. Yeah. Um, it's all part of the self-care. Like mm -hmm. I know I should meditate and I feel good when I meditate, but I don't do it that often. I don't even it's know just why. Like, I didn't know <laughs> I would like yoga so much, but I do. So it's just like so alarming because I would see it and I'd be like, eh, maybe not, but I love it. Maybe later. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, yoga is really good. I do like yes. it. So, you know, introducing people to things that they would not so readily do. Yeah. <laughs> and it can actually seem like an indulgence, right? Like, yes. who are these people that have time to, to do, know, this. do their yoga and, and their meditation? But, you know, especially for me, I find that I'm so much calmer and focused when, I when I'm meditating, which also begs the question, why don't I do it every day? I, I, me too. Like, I, I, I do like meditation. I feel like it's just such good cleansing. Yeah. But if you don't have the perspective and the resources, how would you know? Yeah. So, you know, there's the, I don't know if this is still considered good science, but um, there's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of that. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, the whole idea behind it is that you have to provide for your basic needs, needs. first, like food and yeah. housing and, you know, medical treatment or whatever those basic human needs are before you can start thinking about, oh, gosh, Other you know, things, I'd really yeah. love to meditate because it makes me feel so good. Or, you know, I don't know. But you would surprise that you have the time and the space to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's you do. I always you say spend that. other time doing other things. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, how, I don't know if you do this, but I spend really too much time scrolling through Instagram. Me too. <laughs> no, honestly. And I could, I could take 15 minutes from that scroll time and just do something else. And that's the thing. Like, you know, people will be like, oh, I don't have time to do that. You might yeah. have time. You might have the time if you put something else you prioritize differently. Yes. But yeah, like prioritize. I scroll a lot. <laughs> you know, me too. Too much, Camille. <laughs> I got a problem. No, I'm like I a teenage a girl. Lot. I can tell you. <laughs> so just like prioritizing, but I think time is something that people swear they don't have. We all have they the have same it. amount of time, right? In a day. Yeah, we all do. But and I find myself saying that I don't have time. What you really mean, and people just need to acknowledge this, even if it's just to themselves, what you really mean, it's not a priority. You know, I don't have time to I don't have time for that. Yeah. I don't have time to my favorite is I don't have time to go to the gym or exercise. Yeah, you do. You I just do. it's not that important. Cause I you know what? I'm an early riser. I'm like not. I wake up early regardless. <laughs> so for me to open my mouth and say, I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm lying. I just don't want to go. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> At least you admit it. You're honest. I don't want no, to. I know. I just don't like, 
let I know like all these eating healthy, doing the right thing. I'm just not doing it. Oh God, Camille. I, I had, before we started this, somebody sent me because it's the time of year, right? It's Christmas time. So mm -hmm. everyone's sending cookies. They sent me cookies and today was the day that I was going to be really good, but I saw those damn cookies and it's like, no, it wasn't even, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm sitting there eating cookies. It's like, really? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> just constraint, like for it, me. And we, we have to know our weaknesses. Well, yeah, I'm, my sure. weakness, like one of the things that I struggle with is consistency. So I'm a me strong too. starter. <gasps> me too, Camille. And I, I am a, a strong starter. Like I'll start, but just to be consistent, that's something that I have. Like I said, I think I said that I, one of the things that I do is I make my bed. Yeah. You said, you told me that. Yes. I have to, because it's just a part of me being consistent with something. So is I your, make sure I make my bed. Is your bed though, is it like, like, do you have a top sheet and then a blanket and it's got to get tucked in and all that? Do you have all that going on? I do. And I have the, the cushions and I have the pillows and I have the throw across my bed. So it's not just making the bed okay. and just be done with it. That I is have, a commitment. Yeah. I have a <laughs> that whole is a commitment. thing going. So I have the kind of bed I, there is a top sheet. But so I do or a flat sheet, whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. And but I just have a big fluffy comforter. Mm -hmm. So that and then that's it. So all I do, I'm like, really, if you can't make the bed, you got a problem in my house because I basically just take it, you know, and yeah, like fan it out. And it's done. No, and it's I done. have the fitted sheet, <laughs> I have the sheet sheet, and then I have the comforter, and then I have the pillows and the throw and the <laughs> cushions. <laughs> okay. So you're making, you're doing a, when you commit to making the bed every day, that's actually a real commitment for me. Right. My so boyfriend I'm doing was, the whole thing. Yeah. My boyfriend was teasing me. He's like, sweetie, don't, don't tell me you made the bed. Okay. Like there's <laughs> one blanket on it. <laughs> it's yeah, a me win. Making the bed, and I want to make my own bed because you're not going to fix my cushions how I want them. Yes. So yes. I'll do it. Yes. I agree with that too. It's got to be done a certain way. So yeah. you're like a one woman show right now. I mean, you I have am. A, you're except for my board. Okay. I have a board. So I have to, cause I need help. Yeah. You, yeah. Any woman running a business at some point, yeah. it just becomes more than you can do if you want to grow. But I feel like once I start getting these contracts, I will. I will. And on my website, I need people signing up for if you're a fitness person, you're a yoga person, because how I do it is I contract these people. So they would be paid. Right. They are going to be paid. So I'm contracting people for and it's whatever you charge an hour. That's it. You get paid. Are there so, anybody that needs um, legal services of any kind? Legal services? I'm not sure, but it depends on the need. So yeah. even if they need, you could sign up on the website and make sure you put your information for legal services. So whenever 
red lips go somewhere and they're like, you know, we need a lawyer. We need somebody who can come into these people. Even something that, ha- do you do immigration law? I personally don't, but I know a lot of immigration attorneys. Yeah. Do you, what, do you do like domestic violence, stuff like that? I do. I do family law. So anything that falls under that umbrella, but I'm not bar admitted in New York, only in mm. New Jersey. But I have a big network of attorneys and women and other professions. So I'm sure that there's some people in New York that might be interested. Yeah. Once they sign up on the website, then I'm pulling from that wherever the need is. So let's say I have a contract in Brooklyn, then I have to use people in Brooklyn that are yeah. available. So it's just like taking my time to build a network of people. Yeah. And as far as who would volunteer to do this or who you would compensate, you need mm-hmm. like a really quite an array of different professionals. Like you said, a, so a fitness coach or something like that. Right. Do they necessarily have to be in New York? Obviously the lawyer would have to be in New York, but so a lot of these things people are doing remotely. So are you looking? No, I don't think so. I think wherever you are, whoever is available. Okay. Yeah. So, so whoever's listening, I mean, I have quite a network of incredible women and professionals. Right, Check. So I'll have a link to your website.org. And it, uh, when you go on the website, um, work with us and you fill out that form and it goes straight to me. Well, I will have a link to your website in the notes in the show okay. notes for this episode and to your social media pages. Okay. nice. So I, I love the organization. I love everything that it's about. I, I really wish you so much success with this. You're- thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for this platform. Of course. Um, for spreading the word. I do appreciate it. Well, I'm so glad that Nadia, my our mutual friend Nadia, introduced us. Yes, she's great. She's also an, an incredible example of a woman with uh, a purpose and a mission. She's right. She's you know- out here doing it. Yeah, she really is. So um, is there anything else that you would want to draw attention to and use this platform to draw attention? Are there any events or uh, projects that you're working on that we could help you with? Well, we are just in the stages where we're trying to put everything together. So if uh, someone is listening and they needed to see how they can volunteer, how they can work with us, um, just go on the website and you can sign up. You can also contact me, email me. The link will be in the info. Yes. So you can always reach out to me. I will speak with anyone who wants to help, who knows how we can get more beauty products. Um, If you know a shelter that need wellness, let me know. You live in the Bronx too? Pardon? You live in the Bronx too? I do live in the Bronx. I do live in the Bronx. Yeah. That's so cool. So. You're awesome. I'm afraid to like even take the subway just because I'm one of those people that gets lost going around the block. No, I don't like the subway either. <laughs> and I am I know it like I'm not getting lost. I just don't want to take it. <laughs> oh, okay. I so, don't take the subway but, for nothing. Like I drive everywhere. Oh, in New York. Isn't that I a pain? do. I do. The parking gods are always with me. <laughs> I get parking. I will drive somewhere and I will say somebody's going to move right now and somebody moves right now and they get a spot. This might be something you need to conquer. 
Yeah. I The train? Yeah, I do too. Maybe we could do that together. <laughs> You're like, nope, not on my to-do list in 2021. <laughs> but the thing is, I, I used to take train to work all the time, even when I worked in Brooklyn. So you just don't like it. It's not your dream. Yeah, I just I just got over it. I was just like, I'm over this train. Okay. Thing. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can't get that. But I, I used to take the train all the time because I used to work in Times Square with Nadia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so exciting, I, right? Take... But you're like, eh. <laughs> I'm just over it now. Yeah, right? See, it's just yeah. what's become familiar. So I have to ask you a question that might seem a little weird and it's totally off topic, but <laughs> We've established that I'm a foodie. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if you could tell me being a native of Jamaica, like what's, you know, what's traditional food there? Traditional food, jerk chicken. A lot of people love jerk chicken. I always um, hear that, but I always think it's that really, does everybody really eat that? Or is that just become the meal that everyone associates? Um, with let me see. Yeah. I feel like people love jerk chicken in Jamaica. So what else do we love? We oxtail. Um, what else do we love? Curry goat. Oh man, that sounds exotic. I don't know if I'm that adventurous. <laughs> Curry goat. Rice. Pardon? No. Rice. With rice. Yeah. Rice and peas. Rice and beans. I mean, we say rice and peas. Oh, okay. okay. But oh, yeah, rice and there. peas with jerk chicken. What do you do you cook? Do you make? I cook a lot. Yeah, I do cook. My so cousin you... just called me to make him oxtail. Oh, I lost your video for a second. Okay. So you do you make Jamaican food or do you just? I make do all make Jamaican food. Yeah. And is there? Do you feel like there are some really good authentic Jamaican restaurants that you can go to here? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of Jamaican restaurants here. Are they good though? Yeah. Okay, they're good. They are good. Like the ones that I go to, they're good. There's there's one um there's one in where is that? I think it's somewhere downtown. Oh, I can't remember where it is, but it's called Omar's Kitchen, and it's good. I feel like. I like fish. I like a f- good fried fish mm-hmm. and they do it like Jamaica. So I was pleased. And there's a space that I go to buy me. It's called Crave and they're very authentic. Their fried chicken is really good. Oh, good. I want to try yeah. it. <laughs> I just want to eat my way around the world. I, I no, love- no, no, no. You can find like, trust me, if you know that you're coming into New York and you want to go somewhere, like you can hit me up. I can tell you like, try here, try there. Yeah, I'm always trying to find the where the really authentic places are. Like a great example is the Chinese food that most Americans mm-hmm. eat is really disgusting and it's not really representative of, yeah. of real authentic Chinese food. But there are some places that you can go where you in Chinatown. Yes, right? Like yeah, that you, I've it, been and, to some. And it's and, different from the ones that we would buy around the block. It is, right? It's yeah. different. It's not like, you know, sweet and sour. Or general no. shows. <laughs> it's like it's like going to Italy and finding out that they don't eat certain things that you get in an Italian restaurant here. Yes, yes, so that's it's so true. Like, but if you want, we could do lunch sometime yes. and we could go to a Jamaican place. I would love to do that. Oh my God, that's like right up my alley. I think I need to start a whole new show where I just... <laughs> 
find Just people like food. you. I find immigrants and we go to their restaurants. Where I'm you, into that. <laughs> we could do it together. Let's talk about it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we could definitely have lunch at a Jamaican place if you want to. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, this is an awesome hookup. Thank you, Camille. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I had to ask that question. And um, for anybody who's listening, uh, I'm going to put links to these places that you recommended. Yes, yes, yes. You, We can't be friends if you're not a foodie. Okay. No, I'm a foodie. <laughs> and I'll eat. I'll try stuff. I will. Yeah. I will try stuff. Yeah, I will too. I will too. All right. Well, thank you again. And um, I wish you the best in 2021. I wish you the best also. Sending that blessings right back at you. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Call, the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to know more about me, you can find out more on my website, christinaprevitt.com. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter where I talk about everything that I'm reading, learning, listening to, doing, basically everything that I'm obsessed with right now. Follow me on social media. Look up Wake Up Call, the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to be a guest on Wake Up Call or there's someone you'd like to hear on my podcast, please email me at wakeupcallthepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you and see you next time.